Welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, discuss, and review every horror movie on Netflix. As always, I'm Chris. I'm here again with Patrick, Elizabeth, and Steve. Everyone say hi. Hey. Hello. Hi. And uh, if, in case you don't know what the show is all about here, basically we are explorers. We watch every movie in the Netflix horror category from A to Z. We're not skipping. We're not picking. But we're starting with Rec 4 because it's in square brackets, and we're going all the way through Zombies or whatever the last ca- title happens to be. By oh, the I time didn't go we that get far. Zombies? How is it spelled? Zombievers and then Zombies. Yeah. Okay. And we don't even skip when we want to. We don't even skip when we want to. I mean, that's not entirely true. We're not going to skip. We may break the order occasionally, you know, if there's a special event, special reason to, and we'll explain that to you. But rest assured, we're going to go in systematic order. And you're going to get to watch every Netflix horror movie vicariously through us. So we're starting today at the top of the alphabet with Rec 4 Apocalypse. Now you may be wondering, but wait a minute, Rec starts with an R, uh, but it does have square brackets around it. So Netflix has put it first. So we've all watched Rec 4 Apocalypse. And um, Elizabeth, how would you characterize the premise of this movie to somebody who has never seen it before and is curious. Yeah, you know, I mean, fundamentally, this is a zombie movie, which I think is great. Um, The characters on this movie are on a ship that has been commandeered as a quarantine slash test ship. And uh, there's some experiments being run to try to find a retrovirus to cure the zombie virus and there's also some zombies on the ship there's a lot of fights i don't know what to say sorry (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how to describe it (laughs) please take it over we should probably talk a little bit about our protagonist all right yeah yeah so i mean the protagonist of the movie is a a television reporter uh angela who angela correct who um presumably and our our knowledge of the previous films in this series is pretty limited and we kind of did that by design because if you're going to watch rec four on netflix you probably haven't seen the first three so we also didn't bother doing the background research to watch the other three no because that's the thing netflix is kind of notorious for throwing a horror sequel out there whether it be rec four or you know hellraiser three or halloween four or something like that and uh they don't necessarily acquire all of the preceding films um at that time so we saw rec four on netflix we said we're watching that rec four on netflix and frankly it's not our job to watch and look up rec one through three on our own time so the protagonist of this movie was at the beginning of the movie is rescued from this skyscraper in which she was imprisoned with a bunch of other zombies, presumably in Rec One and Two. I think is what we had, we determined is that happened in Rec One and Two, and then she gets quarantined to this ship where they're doing a bunch of experiments related to this whole zombie situation. And she gets quarantined on the ship because she, as a newscaster, has been exposed to potentially the zombie virus in this skyscraper where she was reporting and so they've sort of quarantined her on the ship to determine if she is in fact infected or not and at the beginning of the movie we don't know whether or not she's infected yeah it's as um 
it probably all makes a little more sense if you've seen the earlier movies, but I wasn't really lost at all. You know that there's been some sort of zombie outbreak at some point, and she's a survivor, and they, she's rescued, and then there's some other people she meets on the ship who apparently have suffered their own zombie-related traumas. And uh, so the story kind of picks up from there. But yeah, the premise, you got these survivors on a quarantine ship off of Barcelona somewhere. Because the apocalypse in the title references what will happen if the ship has a zombie on it and they make it to Barcelona. Is, is that what that means? I, I that felt means. like it was just like over-enthusiastic marketing. Um, there's, there's nothing really apocalyptic about this story. No, well, it's potentially apocalyptic. Potentially, potentially yeah, yes. but it's I might false be, advertising. Did anyone notice, I mean, we're getting a little bit ahead here, but the, the security dude is wearing a Nosferatu t-shirt. Yeah, he wears a couple a little, of cool horror t-shirts. on the yeah. nose with that one, though, I think. Yeah, there's an, I forget, there's another kind of like throwback-y horror movie t-shirt the that he wears. Stood still. Right, yes, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, let's back up. So, well, I think that it's important to note that it's, it's not necessary to see the previous rec movies before this film. No. The confusing part is that this movie actually and all the rec movies are Spanish films so this movie is fully in subtitles which to me it took me maybe 15 minutes to adjust to that because they speak ex- not only in Spanish but extremely extremely fast yeah. almost faster than I can read yeah. so that's and, the main challenge and you work in a library so you're used to reading pretty fast right. and I was admittedly it was a struggle <laughs> <laughs> um. so that's that's the main thing that you have to conquer over the first 15 minutes of this movie is getting through the subtitles real quick yeah it was. I was forced to reckon with my own ignorance of the Wreck franchise because I did not know going into this movie that it was going to be a Spanish film. I did not know going into this movie that it wasn't going to be a found footage film because I guess the first Wreck was definitely found footage. I think the first two. Well, that's were why it's called footage. Wreck. I mean, it was like it's like a sort of record recording icon on a camera. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but then this movie was shot almost entirely like a conventional horror movie. Well, with a, quite a few cuts from security cameras. Yeah, they integrate some security stuff, so I think they were trying to keep the spiritual feeling of, like, you're still on camera the whole time sort of thing on it, but... I thought they did that well. Yeah, they did that well, but it wasn't a found footage movie, and it was a foreign film, which both surprised me. But, fine. You don't need to You don't need to see one through three to get this movie. And there's enough, like, flashback footage from the first one, which I have seen, but didn't really remember until I started seeing some of this footage again. And it's not a complicated concept. I mean, it's a zombie movie. You don't really need to know anything going into this. It's it, all about yeah, it. it's, it's basically coming. Resident Evil on a boat. Well, let's get into it. So, like, how... You know, Patrick, what did you... So, how did you feel when this movie is getting it? Like, how did you feel when it was opening? So, I mean, the opening scenes of this movie are, are actually fairly, mm, I'm going to say sort of gripping to me. I mean, the police raid on this building was, like, fairly tense. And the other the other thing that really stood out to me about it was that the police behaved in a reasonable way. And a lot of characters in this movie behave in a surprisingly reasonable way. Like, people do, I mean, the thing everyone complains about in horror movies is, everybody acts so dumb, don't go in their room, don't go in the basement, whatever. But, like, people are fairly sensible or at least more so than in your average horror movie once you accept that it's a zombie movie because one of the things that you know one of the most striking parts in the whole prologue with all the police to me was like when the guy gets like attacked by like a zombie fireman and then he's like oh i've been scratched and like hands over his gun so the other guy can take it and just shoot him in the face yeah true professional i mean people are extremely capable in this movie throughout the film which is really notable for a horror film in my opinion like people fight reasonably people respond reasonably mm-hmm. it's it's really novel in a, in, a, in a way yeah 
surprisingly um, so. Not to not to tip my hands to my overall evaluation of the film, but I think that for what it was seeking to do for this genre of film, for the zombie genre type film, I think it is you know there's there's not a lot you can complain about if you're looking for a zombie type movie on Netflix. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it sets up. It, it, if you've never seen a zombie film before, I think it sets up like sort of the logic of the modern zombie movie very quickly again with what you're talking about of the guy getting scratched and turning the gun over. Um, well, or yeah. even so, there's a there's a scene a little later on when you know shit starts to go south a little bit on the ship and people start getting infected and there's like a zombie locked in a refrigerator or something and that seems like the moment when the zombie's going to get out and fuck people up. But people think fast and they lock that zombie in the fridge. They don't they don't fuck around. Um, I said it was like Resident Evil and I don't know maybe this is a silly comparison but the other movie that crossed my mind when I was watching this was Die Hard I thought it was kind of like we're used to seeing zombie movies in the modern era that are like hordes and swarms of zombies like like coming at people Mm. yeah good point and this was like most of the time the scenarios were like one or two zombies in a controlled situation in a confined area and stuff that had to be dealt with before they could move on to whatever else they were doing so Mm -hmm. it kind of reminded me a little bit like Die Hard in that sense where it just kind of the pacing it is a little fun to see the opportunity for chaos in what is, as you said, a very controlled situation. I mean, there are only a couple of infected um, humans or creatures, though I guess we'll talk about that in a moment here, at any given time. And they're in a contained space. They have a plan, and yet um, they still manage to to bring quite a bit of tension out. Yeah. So this movie begins with a newscaster, Angela, being rescued from a skyscraper where there's been zombies by the military. And then the movie sort of cuts and she wakes up on this quarantine ship, unsure of where she is. And she's trying to figure out what's going on. And basically, you find out that she has been placed on this quarantine ship because she, quote, unquote may or may not have been infected by zombies they're trying to find that out and they're also doing tests for a retrovirus to to find the zombie the cure for zombies on this ship and to thwart the apocalypse to thwart the apocalypse right and so there's three different groups of people on the ship there's the military there's the commoners that have been running the ship who have been commandeered and then there's angela the newscaster and other like civilians who have been captured on this ship. And so that's kind of the three different characters that you have at play yeah. who are who kind of open the movie. Yeah. And uh, the civilian crew um it was interesting to me cuz yeah, it's it's some it's not like a it's like a merchant ship or something. It's like a freighter of some type that I guess this medical slash military quarantine operation has chartered or commandeered or something and there's a scene early on where the civilian crew of the vessel talks about how when they boarded they made us switch our radios to a weird frequency and blah 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 basically it's always interesting in a horror movie to see how they like get rid of everyone's phone because that happens like all the right, time right because you can't have communication in a horror movie right. so oh, and there's, there's always some sort of thing and there's so many like handicaps like that in this movie I made, I made a list as I, as I was watching the movie because they bring up several of them all at the same time the lifeboats are immobilized like they keep having power cuts. There's the weird thing with the radio. Like they have so many potential like 
You know, there's there's no way out. Which are really not that believable. It, it's contrived um, in the manner that, like, you know, it's going to be a while before we review any of the Conjuring films or the you know, Insidious films. But those those James Wan, unfortunately, horror, yeah, unfortunately. But those James Wan horror movies, I always laugh because they set up all these weird contrived circumstances that are just like, oh, this kid happens to have like a miniature like big top tent in the corner of his room. Oh, these kids play a game where they hide in the closet and find their way to each other by clapping their hands. (laughs) You know, all these things. It's kind of like that, how they set up all the circumstances for why these guys are screwed and isolated on this, on this boat. Well, I'll be honest, this movie, um, even still with all of the the stakes at hand, it kind of bored the fuck out of me. And I'd like to talk about the monkey. When a a certain primate appears in the film, I became very excited. Uh, Not Andy Serkis's best work, but pretty damn close. (laughs) I think he did a fine job. Uh, Was Andy Serkis's understudy? He must have been. Anybody want to set up the monkey? Yeah, all right. So I think we all want to talk about what, this. Yeah, what Steve's referring to is um, there's a scene because they got these researchers working on a retrovirus, and then they're like, the host, the host for the virus, it's implied. The host is gone. The host is gone. Who let the host out? And who? 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 <laughs> yeah, basically. Who and, let the host out? And I don't know if there's ever any explanation. It doesn't really matter. But um, then it like cuts to the chef who's like preparing the meal for the entire crew and the everyone who's on this boat is about to sit down in like the mess hall and eat a meal. Oh, and of and course he has headphones on. He's listening to music. He and has can't no hear idea anything. what's going on around him. And he's We've just, seen that he's just cooking a meal, chopping up some lamb or whatever. And then like this like CGI zombie <laughs> chimpanzee. It's not a chimpanzee. It's a smaller monkey, but it's it, it, it's menacing. Comes up like in the background and and attacks him. Yeah, and this monkey has like for- huge fangs. Like this is the most horrifying monkey I've ever seen. It's, uh, well, it's horrifying in a number of different ways. I mean, first, there's only, like, one shot where it's CG, where it's, like, clinging to the fridge and then jumps at him. Like, you have, like, just a moment to, like, process that there's a fucking monkey in this movie all of a sudden. And then it becomes a puppet, uh, I think, for the rest of the film. Really? I thought it yeah. was CG the whole time. I, I thought no. it was CG the whole time. It, it looked it's fine. A, it, that's, it looked fine. What? It looked fine to me, too. I, thought I, I A, thought it was CG the whole time, and also thought it was decent looking for, like, a... a fairly low budget. I don't know if we saw the same movie. movie. I mean, like, when the monkey attacks the dude, it's like that classic thing where they have a puppet and they don't have, like, the the ability to animate it, so he's just sort of, like, holding on to it and flailing it around. Well, also, the all these action scenes are shot in kind of a visceral, you know... Well, the movie feels like it was directed by one of the zombies. The camera is just, like, jerking into every single thing that happens. Every time somebody, like, blinks, the camera just, like, stutters and gets in a little bit closer. Um, Wait, but you need to explain the, what happens with the fucking... Yeah. The monkey is a hilarious, it's a great scene because he's attacked the chef and the chef I thought was going to be fine because he handles it like a badass and then he hits the monkey with like the top of a fry pan, puts it, he's got a fry pan where he's cooking up the lamb on the stove and he takes the cover for the fry pan and like pushes the monkey down into the 12 inch skillet. He boils the fucking monkey. It was rough. Keeps it on there and the monkey's screaming basically just getting cooked alive on the stove top. Yeah. Um, I had a hard time watching it. PETA did not endorse this film. (laughs) I mean, even though the monkey was or the ASPCA, fuck, um, I, I did feel deeply uncomfortable. Um, you felt bad for the zombie monkey. Who loves animals. I didn't feel yes, bad. I think it deserved I thought a that chance. Was amazing. I think that that goes with the flow of the rest of the movie. That like people are capable in this film. I was, the chef battles. Well, you think he battles off the monkey and fucking fries him alive. Amazing. 
I was Amazing. yeah, I was super into that scene. That monkey. I mean, that monkey was a threat. Yeah, and I'm he, like, he handled it in like the best way possible. Cook except that, that we should get to the twist is that it turns out the monkey actually bit him. So yeah, he, surprise! He's a so he gets guess. so he gets zombified. Yeah. So the chef is a but you know, if I and, were going to get bit by a zombie, I would like to put up that kind of fight because I would yeah. rather turn into a zombie than get boiled on the stovetop like the monkey did. So. Agree, absolutely. So points to the to the chef. But then the problem is that the food with the monkey in it gets distributed to the ship's crew, and so and various people, which is a pretty people cool start idea. To I don't know if I've seen anything quite like really in a zombie cool. movie like that gave me chills i was like oh my god everybody's infected now because they've he, he yeah. prepared all the food for them well that's how you create zombies in the movie where you don't have like a zombie horde to just go around biting people but you want and also like it's ambiguous how many zombies there are at any time on this in this movie and it's an interesting escalation of tension because you think at first well the cook is now a zombie so he's going to be the main problem but while they're dealing with the cook all of a sudden it starts to become evident that like multiple people have been infected with the monkey food and there are already multiple zombies all over the ship outside of this like contained area where they end up like locking the zombified cook into a freezer and they're containing the problem for quite a quite long a time quite yeah. a long time so that Which was all cool. interesting i mean i thought it was really cool like it's you can follow the film really easily and see how people are containing things and you kind of i mean more than other horror movies which just feel like oh fuck like something could go wrong at any moment this movie feels like okay containment 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 until it gets out of here it does feel like everyone has a plan or they're able to come up with a plan pretty quickly even if they conflict with someone else's but since we talked about the monkey and the chef why don't we explain what happens to the chef i mean he he becomes a zombie he winds up in the freezer the retrovirus does not work it makes and they do stronger. the doctor actually comes and injects they taser him they inject that was him. a hazmat suit or anything he just goes in for it yeah. and they and they inject him with the retrovirus and the retrovirus is a failure which i think is really the ultimate problem here because they have no cure for the for the zombie virus yeah yeah yep <laughs> We're all fucked. <laughs> well, I thought um, the zombies, whether they be humans or whether they be monkey, like they didn't look great. But within, it's a zombie movie. Like if you have some graphics that are a little sloppy, you know, you can like we don't know what a zombie looks like. I was okay with the zombie effects. They were very, um, you know, Patrick and I were talking about Toby Hooper's Life Force earlier, which has some really terrible looking zombies in it. These looked like kind of a throwback to like 80s, what was a big budget zombie uh, in an 80s movie. Um, Very sort of rubbery and plastic looking. I kind of enjoyed that. I like that this movie didn't try and go for hardcore realism in any way whatsoever. It exists in its own sort of like comic booky alternate universe with mm-hmm. its own logic. Mm-hmm. And and we should mention that that's not unless we lose track of the extremely important conversational thread of monkeys. We should note that there are monkeys. There's not just this one monkey who dies. Like the monkeys multiply and at one point there's an amazing scene in which there are monkeys and an, an air duct and yeah. someone just screams monkeys i forget how you say monkeys in spanish monos monos is that it well that's i don't know if that's what they said but yeah, that's, yeah. that's how you monos i really enjoyed muerta muerta like yeah. repeated over and over again yeah um, well, that was a thrill i, I like but those monkeys man I, the monkeys are horrifying i want a whole horror movie where it's just zombie monkeys well when we get to zombies at the end of our show <laughs> 
at the end of our <laughs> are there zombie years monkeys from in now? Them? Well, it's zombies that are zoo animals. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, I didn't understand why it was called that until just now. So okay. like maybe a giraffe. Or oh man, I'm so into that. I can't yeah. wait to see the jo- zombie giraffe. But it's going to be literally probably eight years before we make it to that part of the office. So we're going to watch Zombievers and then Zombies. So there's going to be like so many zombie animals. By that time, we'll be big enough that we can bring Jack Hanna on yeah. to talk about. No, we can bring um, the Crocodile Hunters kid on. What's his name? Um, it's a girl. So I don't No, know. no, no. The boy. The boy is a star now, too. He's on like Fallon and shit. doesn't matter. Anyways, Elizabeth had something to say. Well, for me, this movie gets... It's kind of a slow burn because for a while, you know, okay, everything, they're kind of quarantined and then the chef gets infected and some more people are getting infected and it's kind of like, oh, there's zombies on the ship and we're going to kind of fight them off. We don't exactly know who's infected, but it really takes off when they show this found footage of the star, Angela, the newscaster. Uh, Spain's answer to Marissa Tomei. Yes. (laughs) Isn't Marissa Tomei Spain's Marissa Tomei? (laughs) Uh, I don't what? Know. Isn't Marissa Tomei like from Spain? I don't apparently know more than I do. I don't, nationality? I don't think so. I don't know. Well, the indignation for that was not necessary. The, <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, she there's this found footage of her supposedly getting infected with like the original by Shelley Duvall in a, a rare cameo appearance. Right? <laughs> oh fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? All right, it's a it's like a giant worm. That goes down her throat is what we're talking about. Well, Marissa Tomei is Italian, so sorry. That's why she was in My Cousin Vinny. Yeah. Playing the gangster. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, they find this found footage, which is a throwback to, I guess, one of the first two Wreck movies. Um, there's some techie guy on the boat who's obsessed with Marissa Tomei. And candy bars um, and spilling his Coke. Yeah, yeah. He's he's basically every stereotypical computer nerd from every movie. It would be cool to see, a, like, a computer guy in a movie who's, you know, not... Capable. Not, like, who knows how to tuck in his shirt. <laughs> um, I love that this... this I'd like to know that Marissa Tomei is not in Wreck 4. Marissa Tomei no, is not I just, that's, that's, you know, but it's Spain's, Spain's answer. answer to Marissa Tomei. Oh, I didn't have anything really all that groundbreaking to say, but it's 2017 and we still have horror movies, movies in general where the filmmakers don't understand how computers work. I mean, yeah. tech, like, I love with like, task completed, so it's like blaring on his screen. Oh, and they're like reassembling <laughs> the footage from her camera. <laughs> yeah. 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 He like reassembles the, because her camera, I guess she was filming while she was in the building with all these zombies. Yeah. And he reassembles it somehow frame by frame, but they're all out of order. And so then there's like this, like, unnes- like artificially protracted sequence of. Uh, reassembling the footage so we can find out what happened. And actually, you know what? That was one of my favorite scenes in the movie, despite the technical flaws, because there is a part that I thought was kind of fun, because he's like a serious, he's a complete fanboy for the reporter character, and has like a big, you know, TV crush on her, celebrity crush on her, and she's over there, and she's like, she's like, oh, you have my camera. And she's so interested in what is about to be recovered from her camera of all these horrors that she's watched for like these two movies that we haven't seen. And so she's like there, like really into the screen, and he's like, trying to like you know smooth talker and be like hey you know uh he's like got his phone out you know can you can you 
like talk to my camera like you talk on your show blah 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 blah, blah. I don't know it was, well, he it was, watches her undress at one point right yeah and, and then like, he he's becomes a total perv he's a total a perv a total creep he's he's spying on her on the closed circuit TV of the ship while she's like in her room changing sleeping etc and so we're like oh this guy's a creep he's a perv I want him to die he ends up becoming the hero of the movie so you know spoiler spoiler alert uh, spoiler alert he's he is like he may even be the main protagonist of this movie. Really? What? <laughs> what? No, I mean, he makes it out at the end. Marissa, right? yeah, but... He's not the hero. Well... But, uh, spoilers, Marissa Tomei and the perv are the only people who make it out, but we are totally, by that point, supposed to we support the, and support the perv and Mr. Trent. 100%. And there's no question of like, this oh, that's true. This podcast is 100% in support of the perv. And he never... He's a lovable perv. There's never any nice. like... There's no like transformation. We're never like, oh, okay, well, he realizes that he shouldn't have been a perv, so now I can root for no, him. No, he is still 100% a perv, and we still perv. root for him. And the, really only reason he, the only reason he does any of his heroics is because he's still... A perv. Know, he's still a perv. He's still trying to get with her. No, look. Listen, gentlemen. The point the, this movie takes off when the found footage is of the Spanish answer to Marissa Tomei, newscaster Angela. Angela, thinking they have footage of like one of the zombies sort of like injecting her through her throat with the with a worm, which is like the like origination of the zombie virus, and they think that she is like the the carrier of this virus, which then makes her immune, et cetera, et cetera. And so everyone on the ship determines that they must kill her because she is like the person no, who holds the virus. They're not trying to kill her. They're trying to they're trying to harvest. extract. Sorry, they're trying to extract the worm. They're trying slash to harvest harbinger the worm the in a in very hasty fashion, and that was kind of interesting. Something else that I that I did like about this movie. This movie's getting better the more I talk about it. Actually, um, something I liked was. There's no real villains, human villains in this movie. Like, there are definitely people you're rooting for and against at different points of the movie. But nobody movie. really acts wrong. No one does a, a, the wrong thing. Like, I wanted to hate the... Except um, the perf. The doctor who reminded me of, like, like kind of a fat Alan Rickman, but it seemed like he knew <laughs> no, what he was doing. No, who did you say right? that he was? Like, Sorry. T- the Tommy Lee... Oh, I, oh, yes, that's right. I said he was the Spanish Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Spain, so we got Spain's answer to Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Spain's answer to Marissa Slash Tomei. Alan Rickman. Yeah. If you were gonna, if, so who would you cast in the American remake of Rec 4? Marissa Tomei. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Alan Rickman's dead, so I guess we have to go with Tommy Lee. Or I don't know if he's... Maybe Tim Allen in a sinister role. I would fucking go all out and David cast Bautista Clint Eastwood. Like the big, the big Clint dude. Eastwood. <laughs> Clint Eastwood in that role would be hilarious. Dude, ama- you, he would go all out. Okay. Josh Gad as the nerd. Whatever. So you got a, you got a worm in you, huh? But we're gonna... We're gonna extract that. We're gonna take it out of you. <laughs> Get on the table. Anyway, All no, right, but yeah, but no. The point is, yeah, none of these characters are bad people. They're all like, and I guess that's you know the most you can hope out of a zombie movie that asks questions about how people would act in a zombie situation because they're all seem like reasonable people and they're doing things that we agree with sometimes and don't agree with sometimes, but we totally understand where they're coming from. In this scene in particular, Angela slash Marissa Tomei is uh, like, you know, they're trying to basically take this worm out of her. That forcibly, forcibly. Surgically. While she's conscious. No, no anesthetic. Like, the most hasty surgery you've ever seen in like... The, it's insane. The bridge of the ship. Other than Prometheus. I was just gonna say. <laughs> they're throwing her down on the map 
on the like the the chart, the nautical chart, and they're about to you know cut her apart and all that stuff. And um, uh, but we're like, yeah, you know what? If she's got the worm, like we're emotionally, we're supposed to support. I was fully Angela. like, I was like, no. Dude, no. I was like, get that out of her. I was yeah. fully on the side of the people who were cutting. I was open. fully on the side of the cutters too. I was like full cutter. Oh no, I wasn't. I was like, oh no, Angela. But you know, more importantly though, we keep calling this a worm, and we should be more specific about this. Like the zombies make out with the person that they're like infecting. So in this footage, Angela is like forcibly kissed by a zombie, and you see its long ass tongue, like huge, ropey, thick tongue, just like. Insert into her. her throat and keep going. Like it's a long thing. It's it's, it's, it's like gross. probably it's gross. Two feet long. Yep. Yeah. And probably about I don't know six I or was, seven inches in diameter. It is it is squirm inducing for sure. Radio. I was like, Question. so we learn this from the footage that they they find in her camera, which is footage from Wreck One. Well, I did some, I did, I mean, based on what I... don't remember that scene. Like, that revelation was not in Rec 1, so why did we not see that footage? What I read, what I read, first of all, I think Rec 1 and Rec 2 happened right after each other. I don't know. But I, from what I read, it seems like, I could be wrong because I haven't seen these movies, it seems like one of these movies ends with Angela getting, like, dragged down a hall or something by a monster. And you don't see what happens to Oh, her. so maybe, the, yeah, so maybe it, it didn't necessarily have to happen in the first film. So this is something that, like, picks up. This is like, yeah, while she, after she got dragged down the hall, but before she was rescued, she was, like, you know, impregnated or whatever with this host thing. She's got a lot of storage on that camera. Well, the most exciting thing about this whole film is that this is set up. You know, Angela's infected with the worm. They try to cut it out of her, and she ends up escaping. She fights them off. She runs off. She's, like, fuck no, you're not going to cut me open. And she ends up having to battle both zombies and humans from much of the film because Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to get attacked by a zombie and she also doesn't want to get cut open by people who feel that she has the worm infected in her. Yeah. And, you know, spoiler alert, she... It's revealed towards the end of the film that she's not the true host. Right, right. Um... And I mean, she's great in this movie too. I think we should like recognize the acting in this movie. I think for she's a, a fine actress. Marissa, she's, one of Marissa Tomei's finest roles. And I, I al- and I also really like the uh, the police dude, the SWAT dude, who's kind of a protagonist for a bit. And then what happens to him? I think he gets infected or something. He definitely gets sidelined, but he's like super charismatic. I really like that guy. The- he is not the protagonist. He is the person who is ultimately the host. Remember. Well, no, I said he is a protagonist for a while. Like, he's kind of a character that you're rooting for for a while. Him and him and Angela are kind of in yeah. it together for a bit. They're both characters who you want to like. This is a movie where friends become enemies and enemies become friends. And if that's not a sign of good screenwriting, I then don't know what is. Fuck off. Um, but the acting, I mean, I didn't have any problems with the acting, but it was all in Spanish. So I didn't, you know... Look, this movie's in Spanish, so you know what? We didn't understand it. We, that doesn't. That, I want. I want to go on the record saying that did not affect my perception of the movie whatsoever. Well, in terms I didn't of have a, tr- I didn't have of, trouble following the subtitles or understanding the performances. No, me neither. Well, as a result of the, the acting, actors being though, foreign. The, the, I mean, the acting was okay, but also, you know, it's it's a, they're speaking a foreign language, so you know. If you if you watch the room, and you know, he says, "Oh, you know, you're tearing me apart" or whatever, but it's in Spanish. You might not understand that that's not how people talk you know you it might 
I disagree. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> All right, let's, uh, what do we have left to talk about here? Anybody what? have anything that really kind of grabs? I have a lot to there? talk about. I think we have not we gotten to the. I ha- What's going on here? I don't think we've that? gotten to the climax of the movie, which is that you know everyone thinks that Angela slash Marissa Tomei is the host of this virus. Sure, the worm is in her. They try to cut her open and extract the worm. It becomes clear that one of the dudes in the military is actually the host because this this virus this thing constantly is seeking a better like more fit host. So it actually you know came out of Angela's body into his. He's the host. So he's the one who let the monkeys out of the lab. He's the one who's sort of been aiding the zombies all along and ultimately the two protagonists of the film are battling against one another, which I think is really exciting. Yeah. Because, you know, you, it, the movie does set you up to think that that the um, the hunky military dude who saved her in the beginning... Right, who's always on her side. Who's always on her side is going to be the hero. But turns out he's possessed by a zombie. By a zombie worm. And turns out the pervert um, is the true host. Right, and this movie... The pervert? No, not, not the, the host. Pervert. Not the true host. The true hero. I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the, the movie tr- ends with the quote-unquote perv, Nick, who is really just a nerdy computer dude who really likes Angela, and Angela escaping this quarantine ship on a lifeboat, which is... It's a crazy scene. I mean, they're... They, are attempting to escape the zombies. I want to talk about that, but first I do want to note that there's some awesome shit that precedes that, which you were talking about when we were hanging out earlier with the... With the weapons. Yeah, so they're like out of weapons, I think, right? We watched this a few days ago. Yeah, they they run out of bullets. I mean, they've been fighting zombies for hours. There's no more bullets in their guns. They have to kind of ramshackle up some weapons. That's another reason that kind of reminds me of Die Hard, because you know, there's not, yeah. you know, a lot of zombie movies you're used to seeing, you know, just you have all the ammo, you have all the gasoline, whatever, and it's like, a- no, like when they find like a machine gun on the ground It has like three three rounds You're left. like, yes, good, this is a huge development that now they have a half a clip in a machine gun. So they so they dig out some fishing equipment from this boat and that right. becomes their weapon. So they dig out the, they got like, a harpoon final launcher. Final stretch of the film. They dig out a harpoon launcher and an outboard motor, which yeah. is pretty fucking cool. And they it's fuck up some monkeys. Too. And they fuck some people, which is amazing. And some monkeys. Chris, could you describe like the amazing outboard motor scene with the monkeys? <sighs> I didn't know it was an outboard motor for the longest time because I'm not used to seeing outboard, outboard motors in that context. Mean, yeah, right? Same. So they're carrying it around like it's like a Gatling gun or a flamethrower <laughs> or something. And I'm like, what's this doing on a boat? And that's not until they fire it up and the propeller starts spinning. I'm like, oh, okay, it's an outboard motor. And then, yeah, they're like being chased at one point down a vent. Dozens, if not hundreds, of zombie monkeys in this vent chasing them on their heels and they come down out of the vent and stick the propeller up into Monkeys! the vent and just make confetti out of, out of all these I, I would say that is the climax of the film it's the emotional climax for sure <laughs> I mean if you want to see it's, some, it's the most entertaining moment if you want to see some mammals get made into confetti this is the film for you so yeah there's some so there's some unique stuff going on in this movie especially when um, as far as the setting and stuff goes like all this stuff you know using the harpoons using the outboard motor it's coming out of the setting where it's all on this ship now low budget filmmaking 101 is to you know set your movie on like one physical location or something you know you save sure. you, you save don't have money, to change right? scenes a lot you know Reservoir Dogs is going to be in a warehouse. You know, all these horror movies Reservoir are like... Reservoir Dogs is a great movie. All these horror movies, most of these horror movies we see on Netflix are probably going to take place in, you know, confined locations, one set. 
And this had one set, but it happened to be a pretty interesting location. They, like, rented a ship or something to make this movie. It seemed like it had to have been... I mean, obviously, the footage of the ship um, um, at sea uh, <laughs> looks awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally fake. But it seems like they actually shot this on a ship. I can think of no... Yeah, no. And I think they saved a lot we of money. top to bottom. Yeah. And um, I think they were able to save a lot of money and then put that money into other things. Because this movie does have a lot of production value for, you know, what was seems to be a small... I think I saw it was, like, $4 million dollar budget I was just about like to look at the budget yeah um, I think that's why I, read. I don't think anyone knows the budget for sure but it was like you know in the ballpark like four million dollars mm-hmm. that seems like about that. right I mean there are no stars in it somewhere between zero and four million dollars yeah and I, I read a, like an interview with the director, who I guess is the same director who did at least Rec 1, maybe Rec 2. He did 1 and 2, not 3. Right, not 3. And he was like, yeah, it's called Rec 4 Apocalypse, but you know we can't really show a zombie outbreak in Barcelona because we don't have that kind of money. So that's never going to happen. But we just we hang but the... They can th- rent a boat. They can rent a boat. So they hang the threat that the boat might make it to land. And in fact, Barcelona, they hang that threat as the you know, apocalypse. Which I say that's fine. That's kind of cool, fine. actually. I, I like this movie more now that we're talking about it. So I, I want to touch on the actual climactic, the final scene, though, because it really... I enjoyed the movie for the most part, but the, that final scene kind of deflated a lot of shit for me because it's kind of incoherent. Like, there are it, what seemed like like hundreds of zombies chasing them across the deck of the ship as they're trying to get off it, and then they're, like, climbing up the side of the ship. They're... And I mean, this is probably just perils of low-budget filmmaking. But then there are shots where it seems like there's just a few zombies. It's really incoherent, like, how many zombies are actually chasing them. And then the weirdest thing to me, and this is just a writing thing more than anything, is that uh, so they they throw a raft down into the water. Nick and Angela throw a raft down into the water, and they're going to jump on the raft and use the outboard motor to, like, speed away from the ship before it fucking explodes. Because it's set to fucking explode. We haven't brought that up, but the ship... That was their. Con- that's, the, that's the scientist contingency to make yeah. sure it never makes it back to Barcelona if their experiment fails. They yeah. have a self-destruct. Yeah. So uh, Nick jumps off into this raft, and Angela is like on the edge of the ship, uh, waiting to jump off, and she's afraid. She's like, "I don't want to jump off." And it's like this woman has been through so much shit. Yeah. Even just in this movie, but two previous movies that we haven't even seen. And she seems like a pretty, like, tough motherfucker based on what we've seen in this movie. Like, she doesn't... But all of a sudden... But she's afraid to jump off a ship. That just... That didn't click for me. And then they get in the boat. They fire up the motor. Zoom away. And then you see, like, the floating, like, zombie tongue that suggests that the virus is still alive and well. That, That final scene just kind of deflated things for me. It didn't work the way a lot of the rest of the climax did. Um, well, I thought the climax in general kind of got, I don't know, a little... A little sloppy, a little chaotic. There were a few great moments. There's one scene I really liked where um, I think, yeah, Angela goes back to the lab, but I forget the details, but basically, you know, the, the scientists and the, the, is this, I don't know if this is before or after we know that the, the cop, the, the other military guy is the actual host, but they, they throw her down in the pit or whatever, basically. And she's in like the cargo hold of the ship, which is full of monkey cages. And that was oh, yeah. fucking terrifying. Yeah. I shit my pants watching that scene because it's like she, all she's got is a flashlight and there's all these like dirty animal cages that have like hair stuck to the bars yeah. and you know there's a couple monkeys still in there it was like some real good like yeah if you've ever you know played a Resident Evil game or Silent Hill game from back in the day and you loved it like you know 
this was just some terrifying visuals where she's walking in that dark ass room. I want Rec Five. That's just like the monkey outbreak. I want the monkeys. Well, outbreak. it's gonna take place at sea. It's gonna take place in the ocean, apparently. Directed by are James they actually doing underwater one? by James Cameron? Um, no, I don't know. Uh, I don't it sounds think it's like it's done, right? I don't, yeah, I Every, think that. I think all that's the, the news last is that Rec Four was the end. However, yeah. of course, they left it open. And also, see. I mean, they did call it Apocalypse, and turned out not to be the Apocalypse. So, who can trust them? <laughs> It's like if you watched X-Men Apocalypse. Learning. <laughs> it's like if you watched X-Men Apocalypse, but the villain was actually Sabretooth. <laughs> the villain was actually, like, a not-that-scary monkey. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but the question is, well, I, I, sort of the crucial question for me going into this movie, and I think the crucial question for, any, for our one listener who's made it this far is uh, can you enjoy this movie on its own if you haven't seen the other three? I would say it's, for me, it wasn't a thoroughly enjoyable film, but you don't need to worry about seeing one through three. I've, I saw one. Everything that I remembered from it was recapped in flashbacks. Uh, so, yeah, it stands on its own, I think. Um, yeah, I would say that you don't need to watch the other ones. It makes sense. And I, you know, I would recommend it to someone who was a, uh, you know, if you're looking for, if you're into the zombie genre, which I'm not particularly, um, you know, it, it's a solid by the numbers zombie movie that has a couple creative touches on it, I guess. Well, we have three choices, right? Well, well, we're we're getting to that. We're getting like, this is a separate question. That we're, we're just, s- did, you, did you think it worked like out of the context of those other three movies? Just if you watch that on its own. You know, because so many sequels, like, Absolutely. you could watch installment four and be like, what the fuck Patrick is going on? Patrick and I on? watched this movie together, and two times I was like, D- did I need to see the Brex before this? And he was like, I don't think so. And then it became clear. You do not need to see Brex one through three. This is a fine standalone. Yeah, I agree. It was like, it was very self-contained. Anything that needed to be explained was explained in a super efficient way. Um, and the other interesting thing that struck me about this movie, we already touched on this, but again, the first two wrecks at least are found footage. It's all from a, you know, yeah. a handheld video camera. I don't know about the third one. But um, it's an interesting kind of um, extension of that whole concept that now we're, you know, we're out of that like kind of bottle episode. We're out of the skyscraper. We're out of the handhold handheld camera thing it's an interesting like next step you know it's you know so many so many franchises i guess especially horror franchises get hung up on whatever their like little gimmick or their certain concept and this is an interesting way to take it to the next level while still hanging on to the the basic characters and scenario that the whole thing was founded on Agree. I mean, most of these like found footage movies, like the Paranormal Activity movies, mm-hmm. every installment they have to find a new way to sort of like play around with the gimmick, right. the found footage thing. Uh, that said, I don't understand why there is a wreck for. I didn't think any of these characters were particularly compelling. I did not even know there was a wreck two and three. I just find it kind of baffling that this movie exists at all. But I do admire that they decided to try something different with this one, um, create a new setting, a new aesthetic. I mean, I assume there's a, a sequel be, for the reason there's a sequel to anything is that there was a financial mandate. Sure, I, I'm guessing it. they probably did well in Spain. They were the, the the 
at least the first two were sort of cult successes, critical successes over here. So I assume they did well in Spain. It was like, well, time to make another one. And if you're going to make another one, interesting way to do it, Agreed. in my opinion. Agreed. So do we anything else we want to say about this movie before we get down to our uh, our, our, our new scoring right? system? Um, yeah, you know, I, this is this is kind of uh, stepping back a bit, but I just I can't let this episode go without referencing a couple great characters. I don't know. I'm not going to say great. I'm going to say interesting characters and kind of I think uh, missed opportunity with them. Or, or, or there were two characters that I liked. One was the ship captain. There was the civilian ship captain who was kind of like the haggard. Oh, I'm I'm due to retire kind of ship captain, right? And he was like, it's his last voyage, right? It's his last voyage, and he's like, I don't like these guys commandeering my ship, changing the rules, blah blah blah. But he's like, he's like the one guy you would trust with your life on this boat, probably. Um, and then the other person, there's a scene where there's the ship's mechanic who's like trying to do, you know, trying to get the engines or the radio running or something. Oh, down, that was down fascinating. The hold. Fascinating. And then there's some Spanish soldiers who come to give him a hard time, and there's racism involved because yeah. he's a black guy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so he's a very relatable character for those reasons. And then he gets attacked by a zombie and just, like, handles it like a champ, beats it over the head with a wrench or something. Like, he handles that zombie. But then none of these characters are given justice because the ship captain ends up literally, like, running off. Like, you don't even see what happens to him. They're like, oh, the ship captain's gone. You're the only one who can drive the boat now. And I rewound that movie, like, five times to see what happened to the ship captain. And he, like, takes off running and, like, you don't see what happens to him i was really i was really fascinated and then really bothered by that whole thing with the the black mechanic because they kind of set up some interesting and and sort of provocative discussion of race with him being you know the black guy who works below decks and these white or uh, yeah white white spanish white spanish white guys are being assholes to him because he's black and works below decks and it was kind of provocative but it just was like dispensed with so quickly Mm -hmm. that it felt I don't know. He's it one it of felt the, a little disrespectful to me to like bring up that issue and then just bring up like race and then the, throw well, it away again. So soon. I mean, but it, I guess you know, props to them for wrestling with that a little bit. It I works. Don't know. It, I don't know if they're trying to wrestle with the issue as much as just kind of give us a reason to, to sympathize with this character. Yeah, and that, that worked for me. I totally sympathize with this character, but it was a waste because they come after he murks the zombie. They completely forget that he exists until he shows up in the end of the movie in the climax as a zombie. Oh, I didn't even catch no, that. No, he comes back as a zombie. It's like, oh, I guess they got him. Oh, and now, like, Nick has to, like, kill him or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like they really overreached a little with yeah. the themes of so, uh, racism and <laughs> socioeconomic so that, that disparity. Me. <laughs> that disturbed me. Um, but, yeah, so we have a new um, scoring system. You know, this being, like, kind of our first official episode on the journey to watch all the horror movies on Netflix A to Z. Uh, I, I don't know how new I can say it is, but uh, basically we're going to have... New a, since last episode. New since the since our practice episode. Um, so the, the options we have on rating these episodes are, would you... Do you recommend we view it? Would you recommend the listener view it, cue it, or screw it? And I hope the scale is self-explanatory. Do you think we need to explain the scale? View it means... Go out and watch it this weekend. Cue it is put in your queue. You know when you get bored, you have a you can't sleep when I watch. And it. we all Screw know it. what can happen sometimes with the movies that wind up on yeah. your queue. Like uh, you just kind of let those ones fly. Sometimes, sometimes they, you sometimes, sometimes you, you queue, never get to Sometimes them. you watch them. Sometimes you don't. Yeah. So if we say cue it, that means watch mm. it or don't. Whatever. Well, let's go around the table then, uh, Chris. And, and, and we all know what screw, screw it. Screw it means. It means yeah. 
Throwing the trash. I didn't even think to mention it because it seems so self-explanatory. But you never know who's listening to the cast. <laughs> so, Chris, view it, cue it, screw it. Rec four, apocalypse. Rec four, apocalypse. I've you know this is this is a weird dissonance because I've been I've been speaking it up a lot the whole episode. I'm gonna say cue it. Um, I'm gonna say I wouldn't necessarily recommend it if you are really into the zombie genre and you want to see something that's a little fresh. Maybe view it. But um, if you're just a typical horror fan. You know, put it in your queue if you're really bored and you're into seeing some, you know, zombies. Like I said, Resident Evil meets Die Hard on a boat, which makes it sound way better than it is. Um, <laughs> that's like a pitch from the player. <laughs> Die Hard, the bowling alley, but with a heart. <laughs> you can watch it, but uh, you know, don't don't rush. There's there's going to be better picks for you. Patrick? Patrick, I'm going to say view it. I'm going to say it's exactly as good as Chris's pitch just sounded. Because actually, I've never seen a Resident Evil movie, but I still think Resident Evil meets Die Hard on a boat is about as good as it sounds. It's you know not a great movie. I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was a good you know twist on the zombie concept. There was some there was some fun shit that happened in it, and it stands alone perfectly without having seen the other with without having seen the other installments in the franchise. Elizabeth, view it, cue it, or screw it. So I'm going to say view it. I, I listen, look, I, this movie reminded me a lot of alien three alien cubed, however you want to call it. Um, it's in a contained space. It involves people getting infected it slash a thing chasing after people, and it's very, and that's your sweet spot apparently. It's people my, getting infected. They, it's my sweet spot. I love all the alien movies. I, I love know. Alien Three in particular. This is a great film, very similar. I don't know anything about zombie movies. I don't really know anything about zombies. I I think this is a fun, well acted, well executed film. I say if you're looking, if you're into zombies, or if you just want like a fun horror movie to watch, I would one hundred percent say view it. I am a I am, I'm a fan. You don't need to watch Rec 1 through 3. doesn't matter. View it. Hmm. Steven? Screw it. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> wow. You've been pretty positive this whole episode. I'm surprised you guys that have it boils down to a screw I, it. I admire this movie more than I did when I was watching it. It really was not a fun experience for me watching. There were I, a few I moments I like, I like the outboard motor, like the monkey, um, the monkeys, um, some fun stuff brutal. there, bad puppetry, but... There are just so many movies on Netflix. Don't bother with this one. Don't put it in your queue because if you do, you're never going to watch it. This from the man who converted at the last moment to make Spawn a pass. Yeah, yeah. you would say. Oh, I stand by that. But Steven, <laughs> okay. I have two days left to live. Should I watch Spawn or should I watch Rec 4? Oh, Spawn. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Disagree. Yeah. Disagree. Rec oh, 4. Rec 4. Rec 4. Watch Rec 4 it is today. a much better movie than Spawn. Oh, wow. Agree. Split decision. Um, I think, especially if you're dying, I think Spawn is surprisingly a more life-affirming film than Rec 4. It's more relevant to your circumstances if you're about to go <laughs> right, to Right, because look, Spawn is your future. Um, um, yeah, you know, it, it's a movie. It has some bright <laughs> <What>? spots. <laughs> Spawn is your. If you're dying, then you're going to hell, and yeah, you're going to have to make, make a, a deal, deal with, the, with devil. the devil. Oh my god. Okay. okay. Anyway, wait. Oh. What did you say, Chris? You oh. said cue it. Um, I said cue. So it. we got two. We got one cue it. We got one screw it. And we have two view it. We got two view it. Hey, um, you know, make of that what you will. Listen. Watch the movie. Watch Ag- record. Agree to disagree. I thought you know it had some bright spots. It had enough interesting and creative elements, and was well crafted enough to satisfy someone who's interested in it, but. I was personally bored watching it. I'm not going to watch it again. Okay, well. You're not going to have time to watch it again. Um, <laughs> so what are we watching next time? So next time, the journey continues. Uh, we're still in the special characters part of the Netflix catalog. So join us again on our next episode next week when we watch... 
Hashtag horror. Woohoo! I am so hashtag excited. We're hashtag ready. Of, we're a bunch of special characters watching the special characters. We are. So, hope you enjoyed learning about Rec 4 Apocalypse. View it, cue it, or screw it. The choice, as always, is yours. For every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. I'm Patrick. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Steven. Join us next time. <laughs>